Hey guys, this is Naeem and you've reached the Mosaic Church Podcast. So excited that you're part of our listening community and I'd love for you to be even more connected. So check out our website. There's more content there and there's more opportunities for you to get connected in our ministries and events as well. Also, love for you to share this content. If this is blessed to you, I know that God wants to use you to bless other people with it. So share this podcast, if you will. Lastly, would you consider supporting this ministry? This is made possible by other people's generosity, and I'd love for you to pay it forward. Join us to reclaim the message and the movement of Jesus together. So would you consider giving to this ministry? I know that God is able to do immeasurably more through us when we come together. Thank you so much. God bless you. Enjoy. Well, good morning. Good morning and happy MLK weekend. You know, yeah, right. Uh, we can make some noise about that. Of course. Of course. I guess may maybe some parents are like, oh, they're not going to school. I'm not clapping. I'm not clapping for that. Yeah. But man, what a, timely, what a timely weekend to be talking about dreaming bigger. We've seen, in, um, uh, we've seen in history, and especially this weekend, when uh, people dream such a large and such a big dream that it, it changes history, it changes a nation. And so I want to honor this moment. I want to honor that because dreams usually require so much sacrifice. And so we just want to, just want, we want to be a mosaic, a church that believes that all people, all people are created equal. All people um, are, are made in God's image. We want to move towards a community, being a community that it truly presents itself as hope for all, and not hope for some. And so I just want to say, can we just put our hands together for people that have sacrificed, that um, people in our nation, people in, even, even locally, that keep on moving forward and to create a more equal, more, more justified uh, community. Um, so thank you for that. Thank you for that. So we are in a series called Dream Bigger. So a couple of things. First of all, if you are a guest here, if you're first time in the building, I want you to know something, that if you walked in, you probably saw like a menu of churches, right? There's so many signs. And so what happened is that during um, the holidays, uh, a, a church kind of sneaked in here without consulting us and started meeting. Um, so let me just tell you right now, uh, it's all good. It's all good. God will work it out, right? God will work it out. Uh, but I want you to know, want you to know that our goal is that God has called us here and we're not done. We're not done. So I say this not to complain. I say this to just like give you a heads up because they are a super excited group. And if they start... If they start at it again, which is great, praising Jesus, of course, um, we might hear them, okay? And if we might hear them, then I might be starting to dance while, I'm, while I am singing, okay? Does that make sense? Cool. All right. So let's talk about this idea of dreaming, not just big, but dreaming bigger, dreaming bigger. Last week, I kind of set the tone for you guys uh, because we started this conversation a couple of weeks ago, but it starts with this idea of waking up. It starts with the idea that we want to go into this year not sleepwalking through this year. And for some of us, like I said last year, last week, that last year was tough. It was honestly tough for me. 
And so I, I just want to go back to this, that moment and just acknowledge that for some of us, as we move into this year, this year might seem like, oh, well, what is this? I don't know what's going to happen. But I want you to know that you can set the intention of this year, and you have the power to do that. And as we move through this year, you can just believe that, you know what, regardless of what last year was, this year can be different. And that's why we, we started this conversation called Dream Bigger. Not just big, not just big as in like elaborate, no, bigger than last year. And for some of us, it is extremely hard. Let me read this passage to you. John 14 says this. John 14 says, I tell you what? I tell you the what? Truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I've done and even greater works because I am going to the Father. Jesus says that you're going to do greater works. Now, you're not going to be superior than Jesus, obviously. If you can turn water into wine, let me know. Please let me know. Let all of us know, right? No, it's not that. It's just that there's greater things that you and I are able to do because Jesus is not no longer physically here because he sent us the Holy Spirit. I talked about that last week if you want to catch that. But the power of God's Spirit in us allows us to go past last year or even a couple of years before and move into this year with confidence knowing that it's not just my power but God's power working in me and me allowing that to happen. And for me, friends, I don't want to be the guy that I was last year. I just refuse to be. I mean, I, I kind of had a wake-up call like, around December, just walking one night going, you know what? I don't like the person I'm becoming, and I got to change. I got to do this. And so as I walked into this year, I went, you know what? If God's going to call me to do greater things, and I'm going to walk into this year very sober. I'm not talking about me not drinking. I'm talking about the fact that I'm just going to walk in going, this stuff is going to be hard. This year is going to be hard, and it's okay because I know but I'm going to go for it because God's told me that I can do greater things than this. Psalms 126 says this. Let me read this to you. Psalm 26 says, when the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who, those who, help me out, those who what? Dreamed. And this passage last week, I talked about the idea that these people were like, you know what? When God restored us back because they'd gone through a tragic time for 70 years. And he's like, it was like a dream. It was like a dream. So God likes to fulfill dreams. And last week, I also talked about this passage because he goes on and says this. He says, those who plant in tears will harvest with shouts of joy. They weep as they go to plant their seed, but they, will, they sing as they return with the harvest. And I acknowledge that some of us, man, have, are, you, are you doing things last year or maybe you are doing things even now that you are crying as you do them. And your tears are seeds, seeds that will grow, seeds that are investments to the future. And don't think that your tears are wasted because you wiped them away. God's going to use that because God is in the habit of letting things die so he can resurrect a new life. And I don't know why, but continually he lets us experience a death to experience a new life. And for some of us, if you find yourself going, you know, I'm not quite sure if I like this. I don't know if I have a new life. Maybe you haven't had a new life because you haven't truly died to yourself, died to maybe some of the expectations. And that's not fun, is it? It's not fun at all. I'm not saying I'm for it and I'm all about it. No, not at all. But as I look at this, the possibility of next year, I have to ask myself some really hard questions. And so today, today, all right, those of you who are like, okay, man, this is getting serious right from the start. No, it's serious because 
you know and I know we want a better and bigger life than we have right now. Is it true, anybody? Right, we do, we do. And for some of us, we're kind of a little bit discouraged. Anybody, anybody? Yeah, we are. But God is with us. So today, today, uh, today, I want you to discover, and I know you're going to be like, what? You sound different, man. I want you to discover your miracle. Discover your miracle. You're like, okay, okay, this, what? Okay, so let me ask you this. Have you ever looked at a, at a situation and thought, it's going to take a miracle? Right? It's going to take a miracle. For some of you, you you're like, you, someone has slid into your DMs and you're like, it's going to take a miracle, buddy. <laughs> it's going to take a miracle for me to respond to this. It's going to take a miracle. Right? For all of you single people, you're like, yeah. For some of you, you're like, you know what? It's going to take a miracle for me to get married. It seems like it. I mean, I think, I think Jesus is going to come back before I do. Like, 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 like what's, what's happening? Have you ever looked at a situation and you're like, uh, like some of you, I know, like I see your kids, your cute kids, and I see them, and some of them, you're thinking, it's going to take a miracle for that thing to hold, turn around, like that's, I don't even know. What about your finances? Have you ever looked at your finances like, it's going to take a flipping miracle? Like how is this going to work? I think like when I think of, and I'm not really into sports a whole lot, at all. Um, but when I think of our city and our sports teams, and I love them, and they're good people, they love Jesus, I don't think so. But anyways, but uh, I look at any of the sports in Charlotte, and I go, it's going to take a miracle for, uh, for us to, right? Anybody, uh, yeah, right? It's just going to take a miracle, a miracle. Now, to get a little serious, for some of us, we look at our situation, our illness, and you're like, it's going to take a miracle. It's going to take a miracle. A little bit more serious, you look at your marriage and you go, it's going to take a miracle, my friend. I don't know if it's ever going to work out. I don't, I'm not, I don't, this road does not lead to, to restoration. This leads to divorce. So I don't know how that's going to work. So what if you and I spent some time talking about how can God work a miracle in our lives. And for those of you who are like, you know what, I, uh, this stuff doesn't matter, this stuff doesn't connect, but you know there's something in your life. You know, you're watching and you're like, that's why I'm not here at church, because I can't be in this physical space. But I'm listening to this, because what I need is a miracle. And guess what? It hasn't happened for a very long time. And so when you say miracle, I go, whatever. Whatever. Not quite sure. But what if you and I just rediscovered what it means to have a miracle in our lives? So if you've got, a, um, if you've got access to scripture, we're going to be in a particular passage. I'm going to go kind of like, like, let's break this down a little bit. We're going to be in Mark. Can you say Mark? Mark. Can you say Marky Mark? All right, just age myself. Anyways, um, okay, so Mark 8, chapter 8 is in the Gospels, and it's a story that is pretty fascinating because it does not exist in any other Gospel story. So there's Gospels, as in the, the, there are book, there are letter, the, sorry, accounts of Jesus. We call them the Gospels. And Mark is very interesting. First of all, he was never one of the 12 disciples. So he's kind of an odd, this is kind of interesting. It's also the first book. Scholars pretty much say this is the first book kind of written down before Matthew, uh, Luke, and who else? John. Oh, man. we got some Christians in the house. Okay, okay. Okay. So this guy, this book is very interesting. Also, interesting fact, though. Um, so in Scripture, if you've read it, 
if you read them, there's a lot of imagery when it comes to animals. So there's, there's these supernatural beings, and they have these images of like, a, they, they represent maybe like a, a particular animal. So they'll have like a head of an eagle or a head of a bull, or it's kind of some really uh, out there stuff. But what's interesting is that those kinds of ideas have, have some importance and significance because they, you'll find them in the uh, cathedrals in Europe where uh, what they've done is they've taken actually um, certain books of the Bible and represented like an animal connected to it, which sounds very Eastern and not Western, but I want you to know there's so much depth to this. And so the book of Mark is actually represented as an ox, which is so strange. But the, re the reason is, is because scholars and commentators and also people who we, who we are a part of this long history of Christianity have taken the idea of Mark and connected it to the idea that Mark wrote about all the work, work of Jesus. Like he did not spend a lot of time on a lot of fluff. If you have read the Gospels, you know John, John, as you, some of you guys mentioned, John starts very po poetic, right? It starts with, in the beginning, God created. No, I didn't. That's Genesis. Ha <laughs> ha, gotcha, gotcha. Now, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was, yeah, yeah. So, all that to say, this guy doesn't start like that. He just goes, here's what happened. Here's what happened. So, he writes it down, and he's talking about work. Like, in fact, he just wants to talk. It seems like he wants to focus on how God works in our lives. What happened during the miracles? He just talks about works. So why is all this significant? Because in here lies, I think, this, this discovery of the miracle that maybe God wants to work in your life. How does it work? So the story starts off, and it says here that when they arrived at Bethsaida, some people brought a blind man to Jesus. Okay, now as we go through the story, I want you to lose yourself in the story. Is that cool? Like, just pretend, like, let's just pretend like we're in here, we're in the story. Just transport yourself, you're part of the crowd, and you can pick who you want to be, you can be whoever you want to be. Okay, and so it starts off, it's, it continues actually. It says, and and so this, they brought a blind man to whom? To whom? Jesus. And they, just remember, they. So is it one person? No. Did the blind man walk by himself? No. It was a they. We don't know who the they are, but they, they, what did they do? They begged, they begged him, Jesus, to touch the man and heal him. So it starts off, the story starts off, Mark is like, here's what happened. So these guys come, these people come, we don't know who they are, they come and they start begging Jesus to heal this guy. The guy's like, uh, okay, I'm just being led here. He doesn't go to Jesus, I want you to know that. He's just in the moment. They bring him, and guess what happens? And they tell him, hey, would you touch the man and heal him? Because Jesus has done that. This is in the middle of Jesus' ministry, like, so he's done some Amazing miracle. So people know this is the guy who's done all kinds of things. I mean, this guy just told people, like one person, a centurion, he told them, hey, listen, uh, I'll just say the word and your servant will be healed. Uh, there are people that he's just touched lepers, turned their skin. I mean, there miraculous things have gone on, raised little girls from the dead. I mean, this is amazing stuff. So they go to Jesus and they'll just touch him. He's going to be good. And the next thing what happens is Mark is very direct. He's like, this is what happened. What happened? Jesus did this. He touched him? No. 
He says, he took the blind man by the hand and led him out the village. So he's like, let's take a walk. Let's take a walk. Like, this is the strangest thing. What's happening? I want you to understand he's there for a miracle. And I think maybe for some of us, when we go to Jesus, he does the opposite thing that we want him to do. It's like, it's like can you, I just need some wisdom. Uh, look at this. No, no, I need wisdom. Like, I need this, but it's like, okay, now we're going to walk together. What happened during this walk? We don't know. But it was like, I want you to walk. What's wrong with, like, did he, did he look at the crowd and he looked at the town and he was like, you know what, I'm not feeling this vibe right now. I think we need to go somewhere else. And the blind guy's like, so I'm blind. It doesn't matter where I am. Like, I'm blind. I can't see this. I can't see that. Okay, but okay, let's take a walk. I want you to know what, how absurd this is and how absurd sometimes God, God's ways seem to us. So he takes him for a walk and he goes him. It goes to, uh, takes him to the village, uh, to, uh, outside the village. Okay, and then we think it's going to be good. It's going to be good. There, he's going to touch him, and that's going to happen, right? I'm not quite sure of the they, remember the they, followed them or not. Not quite sure. But Jesus is like, let's just go somewhere else. It seems like there was a little bit more privacy there. And then he did something that, my friends, no other, like I said, no other gospel story writes this. Then, then, help me out, what's the word? Then what? Spitting. Can we just say that one more time? Spitting. Spitting on the man's eyes. He laid his hands on him. Spitting on the man's eyes. Now this, I just want you, I mean, I know that most, some, most of us uh, might not experience blindness of any kind. But, but I, I, have you ever been spat on anybody? Good feeling, right? Good feeling. Good feeling right there. Good feeling, especially when you didn't expect it, right? Have you ever been barfed on? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know it's coming. You made that thing, okay? But, but if you're blind and the first thing you're like, okay, Jesus, come on. Here we go. I'm going to feel something. Woo, woo, boom. Like he's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And he spit on him which seems absurd, my friends, laid his hands on him and then go, and then, then, then asked this, please, please be in this moment. Look at this. Then he said this, can you see anything now? <laughs> what? What is wrong with you? Like, what, what happened to the guy who walked on water? Do you know what I'm saying? He didn't go like, is it working today? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to feel it. No, he goes, he spits on him. And goes, how about now? How about now? Can you see now? How about now? How about now? And I mean, if you're this person who you're like, you know what? I didn't even want this. They brought me. I hate those day. Okay, they brought me. You have taken me for a walk. You have now spit on me. And now you're asking me, can I see anything? Which is like, I have never done this before. Hey, I don't know what's going on here. Then, then the man just kind of goes around. The man looks around and he says, yes. Uh, uh, he said, I, I see people, uh, but I can't see them very clearly. They look like what? Trees walking around. Trees walking around. Then Jesus placed his hands on the man's eyes again and his eyes were opened. His sight was completely restored and he could see everything clearly. 
Then Jesus sent him away saying this, saying this, don't go back into the village on your way home. Now, what in the world is going on here? There is a scientific um, I mean, discovery that we've realized because we live in a modern age, that there is a, uh, uh, there is a illness, ptosis. It starts with a P, but it's ptosis, but it's really ptosis, which where the, your upper eyelid just droops down to the point where it just kills vision. It just, it just your eyelids won't, won't open up. And it's really interesting because this kind of um, this kind of healing seems to be a very gradual and progressive healing that's never existed in all the other stories. It seems like Jesus was like, I know what's wrong here, but you need something else more than me just touching your hand and something happened. There's something in your eyes. There's something wrong physically in your eyes. And it seems so interesting to me that Jesus takes a very practical approach. Hey, can you see something now? It seems like it's a process. This kind of gradual, progressive miracle is one that you and I need to just be aware of because it seems like to me, I don't know about you, but that's how God works in my life. He, he kind of spits on me, which is a very humbling thing, which he does something which is really unique, and then he causes me to do and step into something or do something, and now I'm like, okay, okay, am I there yet? Am I there yet? Am I there yet? And finally, I find myself in a place of having like this miracle or my situation turned around. See, I think most of us, I don't know about you, but most of us, most of us, most of us would rather pray for a miracle than change our method. Like, I'd rather just pray for a miracle. When I pray for a miracle, I'm not expecting to take a walk, Jesus spit on me, and then possibility of, can you see now? Is it better now? How do you feel now? How do you feel now? No, I don't want that. You know what I want? I want instant. I want instant. I want Jesus to touch me during worship. Someone prays, and I'm done. I want the pain. I want the, the, the depression to go away. I want peace in my heart. I want, a, I want an experience. I want an experience. And for so many of us, we find ourselves in places, and even in churches and gatherings, that we want to just experience something because we think if we just experience something, then all of a sudden everything will change, and bam, I'm healed. Bam, it all changes. And the problem is that stuff don't work. And you know people who've had a healing and they're back at it. You know that, and I know that. Now, I'm not saying that one moment can't change everything. My whole life is based on that. One moment, one night with Jesus in my room changed everything. I get that, my friends. But meeting Jesus was a one-time moment. Walking with him is taking a long time. Well, it's taking a whole long time. Okay, being like him, hello, it's going to take a miracle. Like, it's, it's a process. So what if your miracle right now, if you were to rediscover it, it requires a method. Not, not just a miracle. Like, your mess and my mess. Maybe you don't need a miracle. You need a new method. You, you, need, a, you, need, a, you need a process. And I, I, I got to tell you, I have prayed and prayed for people because I've been in like church work for so long, prayed for people, and I've prayed against, man, spirits and demons. I've prayed against all kinds of things with people. And at the end of the day, I'm like, oh my gosh, this person just needs meds. 
And for some of us, that is a miracle. It's, it's, it's meant. It's therapy. No, 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 I just want to be healed. No, no, I, I, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but you might get spit on, and then he's like, are, are, you, are, you, are we good now? Are we good now? It's a process. It's a process. So what if your mess required just you changing a method? Your supernatural miracle, maybe it's just a very natural method that you have to change. And I tell you what, I don't want to change. I don't like it to change. If you're doing the same things again and again and again and again and again, when it comes to the situation and praying for a miracle, then I don't know what you're doing. Because sometimes it requires change. Sometimes it requires some people taking you somewhere, then you going for a walk, then you getting spit on, then, you, then there's, a, there's not an instant thing, then it's like, I think I see people that look like trees, I'm not quite sure, da 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 and then it's a process, 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 and at the end of it, you're like, I'm not quite sure, and by the way, don't tell anybody about it. Like, what is going on here? See, your mess sometimes requires a messy miracle. It requires a messy process. And for some of us, I think our process is broken. We're doing the same things. I don't want to change my, the way I've been doing things. So that brings me up to baptism. You know, we're going to be baptizing people next week. For some of you, your next step in moving away from like doing the same thing you've been doing, tapping into your own strength, tapping into your own wisdom, tapping into your own like people is tapping into God's presence, tapping into a new life, declaring once and for all, like, hey, hey, I'm, I'm going to get baptized because I'm choosing to be dead to all the things. I'm choosing to like say, you know what? This is a fresh start. This is, this is, this is me drowning all my self stuff and moving into a supernatural walk with him. I know for me, when I did that, it was a year after I came to faith because I was still holding on to a lot of my identity, a lot of stuff. And man, I did not want to get baptized because I knew that if I got baptized, it meant a new kind of way. And I don't like to change my ways. But when I did, it changed everything. And so maybe, just maybe, your step, even today, is you email us and say, hey, I want to get baptized. You sign up for baptism. Just email us, info at mosaicchurch.tv and says, I want to get baptized. We'll get you the information. It's on our website as well, whatever it takes. But maybe that is a step for you. Maybe it's something else, but what is it that you need to change? Let me give you another one. Opening your eyes fully is a process. Opening your eyes fully. I know we want a miracle that just works instantly, but me, I mean, it's a process. What that means is, is that, Jesus puts this guy on a little bit of back and forth process. Hey, I'm going to spit on you. Hey, what about this? What about this? What about this? What about this? What about that? Can I ask you, like, when it comes to your miracle, are you just praying or do you have a plan that you're working on? Like, do you, you have a plan in play? Do you have some kind of plan? When you think of your finances, when you think of your relationships, when you think of something, do you have a plan? For some of us, we come out of a relationship and we guess what we do? We, what we want to do is get over the other one. And getting over the other one means getting into another relationship, which is a bad idea. The plan should be is I'm going to get healing 
And then I'm going to pursue. But the problem is you haven't been healed because that relationship almost killed you. It broke your soul, not just your heart. It broke your soul. And you don't even realize that. For some of us, you got to have, like, you, part of your miracle is a plan. You go, okay, I'm, we're going to do this. So this year, what is your plan when it comes to, I mean, just say um, your, your career, your finances, your emotional stability. What's a plan? Name, I don't have a plan. I'm just praying. I'm just praying to God. I get it. Pray, pray, pray. Yes, yes, please. But you got to have a plan. Um, your miracle, your miracle lies in the process of you going to God and going, okay, okay, what about now? What about now? What about now? What about now? So you're going to walk for a while without not seeing totally clearly, but with a possibility that you could once, uh, once uh, you could be set free. It was him opening his eyes, expecting to, be, to see fully and then seeing only, well, I can't really see properly. Like what's going on here? And I don't know about you, but when God doesn't work instantly on my behalf, I just think of other people that he has worked instantly with. You know what I'm saying? The blind guy is like, you know what? The you know, you know, Yusuf over there, he, he got, he, he was, he was healed instantly. Like, what's wrong with me? Instantly, the guy is like, something's wrong with me. Something's wrong with me. Nothing's wrong with you, friends. But God uses a process. When it comes to miracles, there's gradual healings that take place and miracles that place. Let me give you another one. So uh, if, just to summarize, number one, you, change, you need to change your method. The other one, you got to put a process in play. you got to, you got to, you got to. Um, thirdly, let me give you another one. Um, seeing clearly in your life, recognizing and discovering and possessing the miracle in your life requires trial and error. It requires you and I having the courage to fail. Anybody like failing? No, no one likes failing. Some of us, because of our personality, you will not even try something because there's a slight chance you will fail. Make some noise if you're one of those people, <laughs> right? You're like, no, bro, no, I have a winning streak. Have you played any game? No, but I, I'm winning. Winning, undefeated, my friend, undefeated. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm slaying the day here. What are you doing? Nothing, but I am slaying it. No, 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 no. I'm not going to make any mistakes because I don't make anything happen. That's, that's, that's one way. That's one way to do it. It's one way to do it for sure. So, but seeing clearly, allowing God miracles in your life requires you to think you heard God, do it, and go, hoo-hoo, that was not God. <laughs> if you have never had a moment where you have not had any regret, my friend, you are either in denial or you're not doing anything. When people say things like, oh, live life without regret, uh, that means you're not learning from anything. That means you've justified every mistake you've ever made. Or it's not even a mistake because it was all God's plan. By the way, not everything is God's plan. It's not. It's not God's plans. Manipulating people is not God's plans. Lying to people is not God's plan. A lot of things are not God's plan, but people do them. If there are some things that you've done and you're like, you know what? I do have regret. I, my friends, have regret. I got a regret. 
I got certain things in my life, and I'm like, I wish I would, I, I wish I never did that. But now I get a chance to learn from it and go, you know what? I remember doing this uh, never again. Not doing that. Not doing that. Did that. That was dumb. Not doing that. Not doing that. So are you, are you open to that? Or, or you're like, name, 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 name. I just want you to pray. I want someone to pray. I just need a miracle. My friends, seeing clearly like right now, some of you are in a fog. You're like, I don't even know what to write on a piece of paper for my dream or for a big idea. Like dream bigger. I don't know because, Naeem, you have no idea. Last year crushed me. And I don't totally know your life, but I do know where everything you try fails. Have you ever been there? Like everything you're like, oh, and this doesn't work. Oh, that doesn't work. That's all you want to just do. How many of you had that moment? Have you had that moment during COVID? Just scream? Just like, oh, I'm losing my mind. I'm losing, I'm, I'm losing everything. I don't know what to do anymore. Because you're such in a fog. You're like, ah, I don't even know. I mean, I've asked people, hey, 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 what, 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 what do you, what do you, when you think of your life in the next couple of years, what do you think? And there are some people, and I, I get it because I was there. Some people are like, man, I just want to survive. Like, that's what I want. I, I just don't want more crap in my life. How about that? That's what I want. I, th- I just want the people in my life to be normal. <laughs> I mean, a big miracle. I mean, I just want that. Is that okay? Coworkers to not be idiots like is that too much to ask jesus is it too much too much my roommate would you please just take him away like i don't know i feel if i get up one morning she's not there he's not there i'm okay with that i'm i'm okay with that like god i just want that i know because for some of us you're like you have tried so much and failed so much And I want to say, that's awesome. That's awesome. That's great. You've tried and you failed. You have stories to tell about how you tried. Not everybody gets to. Because not everybody wants to try because they fail. I remember one buddy of mine. He helped start Mosaic 17 years ago. He moved up second year. Uh, His name is Jose. Uh, some of you maybe remember him. Jose came on and he started his business here, but then he also came on staff. Um, and Jose, I know it was just, uh, he was a trip. He was a great guy. And uh, he tried to make his business work, but it did not happen. And but during the financial crisis of 08, man, his business just tanked. And he had just gambled a lot in a, in a good way. He, he had tried some stuff and ended up, he had to file for bankruptcy. Ended up, he lost his house. And I remember the day that I helped him pack up his house because he had to leave Charlotte. And man, we cried in, um, in his driveway as, as he was pulling away. We were just like, and he, he just felt like a total failure. He felt like God called him to move his family to Charlotte to plant and start Mosaic. And we were having, and it just, and then start a business, and it just didn't work. And he was like, I felt God told us to do that. And he had, a, he had a couple of kids, guys. And I'm like, he had a whole family. He's like, how am I going to do this? And I, I got to tell you, like, 
I got an email from him the other day, and he's, he, he's doing a trip uh, for a guy's trip, this elaborate trip, and uh, on a ranch somewhere in Wyoming. I think it's with Jay-Z, uh, not Jay-Z, Kanye. I'm not, it's not with Kanye. It's not with Kanye. Those of you know, it's not. Um, but as I read the email, I thought about how, man, 12 years ago or so or more, man, we were having conversations of him ever going to make it. And man, his, his, like, his business logo was on a NASCAR. I mean, he has turned it around and has been so, not just successful, but the email was about this trip that he was just doing for pastors to, um, to just get away. And I thought, man, what a comeback story. See, if you don't see something so clearly right now, if you just continue, continue, you're going to get to see and you're going to get to experience a miracle. But will you be willing to try to open your eyes and see? Would you? Okay, lastly, it has to be for you first. It has to be for you first. This miracle has to be for you first. And the reason why I say this is because, because notice, they brought him, right? And I don't know if they were still around. He takes them alone for a walk somewhere. And then he goes, don't go back to the village. Don't go back to the village. Because here's the problem with the village. The problem with the villages and the problem with our community and the people around us, they all know what's wrong with you. Okay, let me give you a tip. If you don't think that, we know what's wrong with you. Like, like people know. When you're praying for a miracle, when you're praying for something that's so significant, people know what you need, like the healing, the, the, the problem. They know that. They feel that. And sometimes, sometimes you don't love it, but it feels like that our sickness, our, our whatever is so public. But I want you to know that your healing is always private and personal. It's for you first. It's not for other people. So the miracle that you're wanting is because you want to go back to the village and tell people, hey, look what happened. Look what I did. Look what I did. If your miracle is connected to other people's expectations, I'm not quite sure if that's the one you want to pursue. If your miracle is connected to other people being benefited and other people's stuff and because of other people, it might be, it might, you might want to reconsider that. I'm not saying that it can't be with people because again, the they in the story are important because for some of us, we don't even have a they. We've been trying to go through this pain, this sickness, this, 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 um, this idea of getting over some things in our life be, without the they. You don't have the they in your life. You don't have a community of people around you. I'm, I mean, for me, it's been friends. For me, it's me calling a guy recently just saying, hey, listen, I just need a particular kind of person in my life that I need to spend time with. Okay, I know you charge people for this, but I just need, I tell you, I need something in my life. And for some of us, it's therapy. For some of us, it's, it's someone of a coach. It's someone in our lives that we, have, uh, we look up to, but there's a they. There's a they in your life. But all that to say, all that to say, when God does a miracle in you, it's going to start from the inside and then it'll go out. 
It doesn't start from, from the outside in. And the reason why I know that, and the reason why that's so important, is because it's going to get really weird if you're praying and trying to live your life for someone else. You have to live it for yourself first. Your connection with God matters more than, your, than other people's perception of your connection with God. Did you hear me? Your connection matters. Your relationship matters more than anything else. So what does your relationship look like? So as we end here, I'm going to ask the band to come on up. And well, I want to create a moment where we get to respond to this. Um, and as the band's coming up, I want you to know this. It does start with the big, the big question. It starts with the big question. Are you willing to have God spit on you? Like, are you willing to be humble about this? Are you willing? Are we willing? Let's stand together and let's pray about this. You know, for some of us, we don't realize that it's really God's, God's grace in our lives that he's kept us from uh, so many things. It's really God's grace in our lives that he's kept us um, really even in this moment watching. It's God's grace in our lives. And part of the way God's grace works is that God comes close to people who are humble. But man, he can't work with people who are prideful. And that's why there's even the scriptures say that he opposes the proud. And he gives grace, grace to the humble. And his power works in us because of that. So let's just pray together. Can we do that? God, I thank you. I thank you, God, for your work in us, your grace in our lives. God, for some of us, this, this idea of a miracle is so, is so key. It's so important. It's so important because, God, uh, we've tried this so many times. We've tried this so many times. And the truth is, God, we just need it to just turn around. And this is a hard message for some of us. That maybe our, maybe our mess really requires a method, a change. That is a gradual, progressive miracle. And we've never thought of that. But that's what we need. God, you are working in us. So I pray, God, today. I pray that as we respond, as we as we. As we just take this moment, God, for some of us, we might need to just sit down and just process what's happening. For some of us, we need to, in this time, sign up and say, I, I got to get baptized. I, I got to make a change. Others of us, God, we've felt your voice right now speak to us. And I pray, God, that we would not allow the enemy of our souls to take it away. That we would not allow hardship and pain to just push down your voice in us. And for some of us, God, it's a new year and we're saying, God, this year I commit. I just wanna, I just wanna declare this. I wanna, I wanna say, Jesus, you can have my life. Jesus, you can have my life. For some of you, you need to say that today. Jesus, you can have my life. I, I've had it for so long and I don't know if I'm really doing great things with it. You can have my life. Would you 
Forgive me and would you fill me with your presence. Jesus, you can have my life. God, I pray as we respond, you would meet us in this place. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this message from Mosaic Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more audio and video content, visit us at mosaicchurch.tv.